you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Around the League podcast. Could beat Dante Whitner deep. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Chris Wessling, Mark Sessler, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. Happy Friday. And to you. I I was in a chipper mood. I came in on my off day, and we were walking up to the studio. And at one point, I put my arm around Mark, and he, he kind of physically withered within my grip. <laughs> and Sort of shook out of it. Shook out of it a little bit. And maybe I've decided you're a guy that just doesn't like the touching. No, no that that's over-dramatizing it a tad. Um, <laughs> I thought that it was a little bit uh, flip on your part. <laughs> and so that was probably more my response. And two yeah. key words, off day, mm-hmm. and we're on the on day. Right. We're cranking high-level content. So he's saying we're You're, business? He's I, just I am just in a, a mode that is less playful. Well, you are very upset about March Madness, too. You do not like oh, the true. fact that people are watching it on the televisions, enjoying office life post-Super Bowl. You want everyone focused on work. I think, the, I think that Wes and Greg are on board with this, yeah. that it is a <laughs> tedious distraction where you've got a small pocket of the room, <clears throat> nonstop. It's football 24-7 for us, cranking out low-level free agency transactions. <laughs> and the rest of the room essentially could be at a dive bar watching big-screen TVs and proffering bets on basketball. Am I wrong? I know I'm alone on this one. <laughs> but I would rather hear about how you magically constructed your fantasy football roster than any thoughts about where you went to college or how your college team is doing or how your bracket is doing you're You're a grown man you're 40 years old who cares where you went to college 20 years ago um i will retort that one of the reasons i got into sports was for a scenario whereby i'm in my office and march madness is in the room i mean that's what's cool about sports and you work in a newsroom and people are talking and it's on if you can't if if people get out of line and they talk too much i get it and they distract you from doing your work listen you're that is an everyman opinion that's gonna get win 93 percent approval rate should. from the listeners sure but i'm admitting i'm <laughs> an outlier looking here. for well when there's a big eruption <laughs> i you know, a, a, someone hits a buzzer beater or whatever. I like to look over at Mark because oh, he's he so disgusted. <laughs> I just he can't seeds. wait for it to end. I'm closer and to, I admit I'm grumpy about it. I'm closer to Mark's side of things, but I can understand Dan's it, as well. Cause it's I weird grew that up, I'm I the outlier it. within the ATL group. Yeah. Mark. I grew up loving it, and it actually makes me wonder, why have I... 
like something that meant so much to me for so long, even as recently as six or seven years ago, I was really into like, you know, I why? could care less. I used to love UConn and I, I didn't even watch their game on purpose. Like I knew it was on and what I just game. didn't want to watch it. I You're don't know. a grown up I, now. Yeah, I guess so. I'm I fine with it. I grew up loving the field of 64. Syracuse was my dad's team. Mm-hmm. Watched years and years of Syracuse basketball. So it's in my heritage. But it's where I am today. Well, you spoke, I don't care less. You spoke of going to the motion pictures with your father in the last podcast, and then <laughs> Wes deflated the moment. Wes, how do you shoot down that childhood memory? Mark is Gargamel, and March Madness is the Smurfs. <laughs> I like to see it the other way around. No, all these people are out having fun, like the Smurfs just running around, and you want to clamp down on that fun. But you agree with me. Yes, I, so I, we're Gargamel I'm, twins. That would make me Azrael. Well, you guys I like that. He's my little pet cat. <laughs> wow, you guys are the older generation of ATL, and I do think this is somewhat about getting old. When you get older, you have to just start deciding things that are no longer worth your time. You only have so much time left on Earth that you're going to focus on the things you like, and you don't need this. That's nonsense. right. I'd also like to pivot it in the way that we are very focused on the assignments that Greg has given us. Mm. Wow. Very work focused. That sets Nose up one is of very my, brown right now. One of my observations about adulthood too, how it's weird that people over the age of thirty five get into all these niche like fields. Yeah. People get into uh <laughs> like square dancing. They all they only hang out with their square dancing fr- how does a person end up like that? It's just people need things to do to get through life. That's what it is. I know. They need distractions. All right, so now that half the podcast is over, let's get into some football talk. Um, We have a a full show. Later on, we're going to talk with um, one of the great defensive players of the last decade. Am I overstating it? Who cares? He was a guest, so let's let's respect the man. I don't think that's overstating it. All right, good. Bears linebacker Lance Briggs, a seven-time Pro Bowler. Uh, he will be on the show a little later. He's going to talk with uh, Mark, Greg, and I. And then we're going to... Wes doesn't like players, so we, we ask him to leave the room <laughs> when the players come in. That's fair. It's not exactly how it played out, but let's, let's, let's leave it out like that. Um, also, we're going to do a little talk about the uh, running backs left on the market and where they shake out. But before we do that, as we always do during the offseason, the gold standard behind the glass, how are you? Doing great, thanks. I, I assume you were watching soccer in the uh, editing room while everyone was watching. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was so confused. People were running around with their, using their hands and stuff. It was weird. Yeah. Um, can we do some How's Oxford's oh. team looking this year? We're all right. We're doing great. We're in the uh, Division 18 basket netball championship. Gold standard yeah. wearing a, a football jersey. It's cricket, actually. Oh. I see, it gets even what? worse. Gets how did, even how worse. did this happen? How did you end up I played such cricket a... in college. Wow. Yeah. You need to just start with a fake British accent <laughs> at this point. I know. Did you have yeah. a wicked googly? Oh, the, the wickedest of googlies, Wes. <laughs> it's all over my head now. Anyways, some uh, news? Yeah, let's do some news. Let's do it. All right, we start in Oakland, where the Raiders are close to acquiring Matt Schaub in a trade from the Houston Texans. This would make Schaub uh, the presumptive starter in Oakland after what was, by all accounts, and I'm sure Matt Schaub would agree, a nightmare 2013 season in Houston. Um, This seems a little strange to me. I mean, it seems like uh, you're getting Schaub on the other end of it, but it also plays into this fact that the Raiders are in this weird in the middle zone where they're rebuilding and trying to somehow win seven games. What do you guys take from this move on the way? 
I feel like Reggie McKenzie is that baseball general manager that's spending all sorts of money just trying to be 500. There's no chance that they could win a title, but they're doing everything possible to save their jobs and win seven games. And Matt Schaub, Chris would argue this, is probably the best guy out there to go do that. I think Matt Schaub was awful last season, and I don't think – I guess Reggie McKenzie and Greg Rosenthal disagree with me. I don't think anyone who watched Terrell Pryor and Matt Schaub mm. over the last 20 games can say that Matt Schaub is a better quarterback than Terrell Pryor or gives you a better chance to win. I know that football guys probably feel in a similar vein about Tim Tebow and Pryor that Pryor is not a long-term answer. When you only use half the field, teams are going to catch on it and progressively you're going to get easier to defend. So I understand that. I don't think Schaub's an upgrade in any way. I agree with you, Wesleyan. And one reason this is more fascinating than any basketball games going on is because this is the team-building time of year where we learn a lot about not only Reggie McKenzie, but I think the pressure that Reggie McKenzie is under. And there are obviously people, whether it's the coaches, uh, the, the owner, whoever, in his ear saying, we, we saw Terrell Pryor. And we don't want to do that for another year. And it seems desperate to us on the outside, but there's something they like about Matt Schaub. But like you said on another show, Schaub's play dipped severely in 2012 at the end of the season. It wasn't just last year. And they are paying him a king's ransom to come in and presumably start from week one. I don't get it because I love the James Jones signing. I like some of the stuff that McKenzie started to do. They're taking us on a roller coaster ride. It, yeah, you're right. It's not just choosing Schaub over Pryor. It's choosing Schaub for $10 million and trading what will probably be a inconsequential draft pick for him. This is a different move than Houston bringing in Ryan Fitzpatrick, which they did uh, this week, or Matt Castle re-signing in Minnesota, or Jacksonville bringing Chad Henney back. This is $10 million. It's saying... He's going to be our starter. I think they could still draft a guy. Do you guys think they'll, they could still take a quarterback with the number five pick? It's possible. I think, yeah. I think this is kind of like the Jacksonville situation. It allows you to go best player available, but probably doesn't have a huge impact on your draft. They could potentially dial up a guy like Carr later in the draft or something where there isn't this pressure to put him out on the field. It, just, it doesn't seem like they're about to pick a rookie and have him supersede Shaw by week one. That would be very weird. Isn't it? Isn't it certainly possible, if not probable, that the Raiders could have just let Schaub get released and then signed him to a two-year, six-and-a-half, million dollar contract? I think they were worried the Browns were going to take him. With, or the with Jets. Shanahan sitting in Cleveland? They were going to get outbid in a bidding war for Matt Schaub coming off one of the worst seasons in recent memory in terms of uh, disaster plays. I, I just don't buy this I, fact that they needed to give up anything and then pay the guy – uh, seven figures to to make him their quarterback. It just seems like way too much for a guy on the downslope. I can't figure out what McKenzie's doing, and I've been trying to. I've been trying to check myself and wonder if I've been too hard on him. I understand you don't want to overpay for young free agents if you don't see their solution. Valdir and Houston, I thought were their best players. McKenzie obviously didn't value them that much. And and I guess I see getting some leadership in there, some proven talent. But I, I think Greg's right. You're spending your way to a seven-win team here. I don't know what's what's the end game. Saving your job, I guess, is the end game. Yeah, but is there a coach in Oakland or someone with a voice that says, 
this is such a better option for us than getting uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick or someone else. I mean, who is lobbying it. this hard for I him? think McKenzie. Ryan Fitzpatrick's a better quarterback right now As than Matt do I, but Someone obviously lobbied really hard for the Raiders to jump off the Mc- plank and do this. Well, this, this is, is now outrageous McKenzie. It's, the same, it's either plank, Mark Davis like or McKenzie. And it's you'd the like same to think guy who thinks Roger Saffold, uh, uh, <laughs> with multiple injuries over the last few years, is a better player than Jared Valdir. And I guess I'm just confused. I don't think I can evaluate talent better than Reggie McKenzie. I'm just thoroughly confused by what they're looking for in players. We should call this the Reggie Coaster now in terms of his free agency where it's, <laughs> it plummets and then it starts rising a little bit and now it's plummeting when again. When did it the rise? Reggie McCoaster. James Jones was the, the rise? Was, they, he had a, ni- a nice little string of signings late in the first week of free agency, I thought, where he kind of, you know, at least was spending the money and was bringing in some guys that weren't terrible. Um, it was obviously an op- upgrade over Saffold, but now with Schaub, I'm, I'm back out. So yeah. They have a stronger roster than they did last year. Yeah. So I, in that way, I guess there's a roster. I think Schaub, with a good offensive line and running game, could go out there and he wouldn't embarrass you. Maybe he's the 22nd best starter in the league, the 20th best starter in the league. He's better than some guys. But the, the Raiders don't have that. On a better roster last year, he embarrassed himself. I, I do think. That there they, was a they lot lost of fourteen straight games with there him. was a well and with well your and boy, one source called him Case a, Keenum a broken a man too. that he is a broken man <laughs> well, whose confidence is sapped. Got, well, that's got, just a guy who's watching the games like us. No, no, no. We, well, have, was, sta- we have stats Kaharski. on this. Right. Since Thanksgiving of 2012, Schaub has 16 touchdowns versus 20 interceptions. Yards per attempt down by two. From eight point something to six. I think the fact they had to trade him and paid him this much, that is really a case where the Raiders being at a low hurt them because I think Dan's right um, that he shouldn't be paid that much. But if you're Matt Schaub, I think he did have options. They knew that, that the Browns wanted to get him with Kyle Shanahan, and maybe he would have taken less money to stay away from Oakland, so they had to overpay. In other news, in Miami, Rich, well, this isn't in Miami. Richie Incognito would like to return to the Dolphins or the Oakland Raiders, as we've just been talking about. Maybe that would be the next step in the Reggie Coaster to sign Richie Incognito, bring him into town. Uh, but his, uh, Incognito's return to the league is not uh, that simple a matter, just simply finding a suitor. A league source told NFL media insider Ian Rappaport on Friday that Incognito could sign a contract, but he can't be paid in, or play until he undergoes a comprehensive evaluation by NFL and NFL Players Association designated medical advisors. And then ROG, Roger Goodell, must review their report and recommend There just seems to be a lot of steps to get this guy back in the league. And he was a middling guard entering his age 32 season before this, right? I think he has friends in the media who, for whatever reason, have fallen under Richie Incognito's spell over the years and have been trying to sell that maybe he can go back to the Dolphins or the Raiders. Why would any why would any team want this guy? He is a borderline even if he didn't have everything going off, but he's got problems. He's been in three different facilities. He's unhinged. It's insane. Well, I don't think he's you, back. If you want to make a quick argument for him landing in Oakland, he has a relationship, you know, presumably uh not negative with Greg Olson and with Tony Sperano. But if you look at the Oakland's current roster, they have six guards. They don't need him. And also, by the way, not a very good player. If this guy gets back into the NFL and Tim Tebow can't, the NFL loses all credibility. Mm. There's no reason Richie Incognito should ever be on an NFL right, roster right, again. Exactly. Right, exactly. I mean, imagine well, it's it, unlikely. Imagine if there was a guy coming out of the draft that everything Richie Incognito did now 
in in the pros that he did that in college. He got kicked off his team. Right. He got suspended, and he was a third or fourth, fifth round prospect. There's no way anyone would think yeah. about it, right? If Tebow brings a circus, there's no way Incognito's not bringing a circus, no matter where he ends up next. Wes, you're you're upsetting me a little bit because you're mentioning Tim Tebow. Unprompted. I feel like the the narrative uh, in society we haven't been talking about him. You're opening up Pandora's box by getting his name out there. Nobody cares what I say. Just move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we he's. Greg and I, this is really the, the heart of this, have a sandwich bet involved about Richie Incognito, whether he returns. I think I thought he did. He would about three months ago. I don't think that anymore. He's not going to play again. Right? You have to wait not years and I've, years. I've, you don't pay, that sandwich does not change hands yet. I've heard many people this week <laughs> say that, he's, that they think he will get back in the league, which seems crazy. That's preposterous. That would be amazing. It does help that society forgets everything. <laughs> That's true. That's a really good point. We do free it. We've almost forgotten that Ted Wells report, NFL gumshoe, Ted Wells, how much nasty stuff was in there. The fact that this is even something that's a story today is interesting. We can't even remember our sandwich bets from one show to the next. No. Good thing. <laughs> I barely remember any of your names. <laughs> uh, all right. Jared Allen has made a second visit to the Seattle Seahawks. There was a report floating around on Thursday that a deal was just about done. Uh, it's not that quite far along, according to... Uh, Rappaport, this is something that Allen is going home and he's going to think about it. But uh, as Greg, you pointed out on Thursday night in the newsroom, how often do you see a player make a second visit to the same team during a free agency run? Almost never. You don't want to make more than one visit to any team. If you're making a second visit, it just means that you're not happy with the deals that you're offering. And it's even weirder that he made a second visit and then didn't sign. So he's not getting the offers he wants. His agent and him misread the market. It's been a terrible couple weeks for them, and I would guess he's deciding whether he wants to retire or just take one of these deals. And I always thought this was a bluff with Jared Allen walking into the sunset. And to me, going back to Seattle after they didn't make an offer uh, the first time around shows again that he really does want to play. But he's he's it's almost like a guy like – Asking a girl out, she says no, and then circling back a week later, he's like, you sure? Like, it's probably not going to change anything, but it, there's a level of desperation involved. Some and, experience in that uh, <coughs> industry? Listen, I don't want to get into it, but I can tell you it doesn't work. This is where we need a the video podcast, which might be coming someday, because the look and kind of the motion Dan made as he was doing that, it was, it was something. Um, Fetching. <laughs> Extremely fetching, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this guy will absolutely be in the NFL next year. The only thing is he's going to – Wes, I know you're big on chips on people's shoulders. Uh, there will be a chip on his shoulder because it's going to be some one-year, $5 million deal, and he will feel like he's been disgraced by society for getting paid that much. It's going to be hard to sleep on that hefty <laughs> sum of money he's piled up over the years. <laughs> you can see how he'd have a chip over his shoulder for only getting $5 million. Correct. Um Moving forward, Antonio Cromartie uh, signed a one-year deal with the Arizona Cardinals on Thursday. Um, obviously, the Jets couldn't have been too interested in bringing him back, but that's a good signing for the Cardinals, who, um, if Honey Badger gets healthy, that could be a really good secondary. Well, right? And quick from the Jets' angle, people have obviously been flaming John Idzik uh, all week long, and some of it rightfully placed. Some of it, you know, we don't know really what's going on in New York, but they must have really had almost zero confidence in Cromartie's 
uh, recovery from the hip injury or his overall durability to not match that offer? A guy that's so familiar with that defense and a Rex Ryan guy. The good thing about being John Idzik is that those flames won't reach him until next week. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not because he moves fast away from them. Glacial speed, John Idzik. That's his new name. That is a glacial. That is <laughs> not one of something those, you usually want to have tied yourself. No, that's going to stick to him until he potentially makes a splash signing Vic in the next 48 hours. Well, even that wouldn't do it. Let me just ask you guys, what do you guys think about the Cardinals secondary right now? Look, Cromartie had just as bad a year playing cornerback as Matt Schaub had playing quarterback. Good yet point. everyone likes this move. People bounce, and I and I don't think it's crazy for the money. People do bounce back, but that's how bad Cromartie was. I've had a lot of people ask me on Twitter if I believe Hakeem Nix or Darren McFadden can bounce back. Why don't I believe Matt Schaub can? And to me, it's all about confidence and maybe a lack of arm strength. Like I, I see it as tangible, whereas with the other guys, maybe it's maybe you can get it back. Yeah, I think Cromartie was playing through a hip injury, so maybe he gets He back says he's 100%. Close. He did not undergo surgery, but it's the same hip he's had surgery on in the past. He is now on the wrong side of 30. I think, you know, there, there are questions about it, but that's a perfect deal for him at this stage, at least from the team standpoint. You got Honey Badger in the slot, Patrick Peterson on one side. That tells me... Antonio Cromartie is going to get a lot of balls through. Well, and we don't you know. Honey him. Badger's reports haven't been glowing in terms. He's, he's going to be ready by the start of the season or training True. camp. But that guy's coming off major injury. If he were healthy, this secondary is one of the most tantalizing in the league. Cromartie, a low risk signing. If he can get back to what he was two seasons ago, he was impressive. He was great. We'll see. And you brought up Idzik and what he could do to potentially change the storyline of him being Glacier guy. Trading for Deshaun Jackson would do that. And that Ooh. leads us to our next topic. Nice segue. Thank you. Deshaun Jackson, um, there's been reports that he is that the Philadelphia Eagles are listening to offers. Uh, the Raiders, the Jets, the Patriots, the Niners have all been teams that are believed to have shown some interest. And Chris Wessling, you wrote a post on Friday for the Around the League page about the Carolina Panthers not reaching out to the Eagles, but the Eagles perhaps reaching out to them. According to the Charlotte Observer, the Eagles reached out, and they were among the teams that the Eagles reached out to. So this team, mm. they are now initiating Saucer. contact, which seems to me that it's escalating Jackson's exit from Philadelphia. You know, bad front offices these days, in the bold days of free agency, tend to lose out to a guy like John Elway, a guy like Bill Belichick. Some of these better teams, that they go in and they go for the throat. Hmm. And that's what I think the heart of the criticism on, of Idzik is, is he's, as they say, deliberate, slow-moving. He's allowing more experienced guys to come in and get the deal done. He, if he wants to turn his reputation around, you've got to get all these guys out of the way, go get Deshaun, pair him Why with Vic and like Decker. That? Because I Do feel it, for you as a Jets fan, actually. <laughs> The, you you are trying to defend Idzik, but it, he has got to go out and change this <laughs> offense. They're an annoying team if they don't do anything else than add Eric Decker. I, I agree with you. On Wednesday, I, I defended Idzik, and I still defend him because I think some of this has been overblown. But the press, the conference call on Thursday morning reinforced anything you could ever think about Idzik <laughs> and and the way he operates, the way he answers questions, the just the tone of his voice. And what he's done to Rex Ryan, who's basically a neutered version of his former self. Rex, at one point on Thursday on this conference call, said, gee golly, this is what? Rex Ryan. 
<laughs> I think it's a cat. Like some, it seriously. Rex Ryan answered some of those questions on Thursday, like he had a gun in his rib rib cage. He's like, ah, Darrell Revis. He signed elsewhere. What can you do? He uh, said it is what it is. It is he's what going it is. Belichick now. I thought sad. behind behind the curtain, he's in quotes pissed at everything right. that's going on. Obviously, right. Right, he and he even went as far as saying he referenced, he said, I'm not going to use the P word, I'm not going to be a smart aleck. These are the words he's using. He's now talking like a 1940s newsman. And and he was saying that when he gets when he gets mad, it's not at John Idzik, it's at the player that doesn't sign with his team after visiting. And what happened to everybody wanting to play with Rex? See, there's, there's a lot of disconnect with the Jets, so I'm starting to get a little nervous, I've got to be honest. Chris, after writing this, do you think now that Deshaun Jackson will be traded? Yes. I thought he would already, but I thought maybe it was about 55 or 60% before, and now I think it's probably 80%. And Mike wow, Silver 80. wrote oh, a piece high. last night Saucy. where he basically said that the issue with Deshaun, it's not the salary, etc. It is his fit in Chip Kelly's locker room. And I think when that's the heart of the matter, sometimes it's like Kelly does not want to go through another season with this guy. He's out the door. He's such a good fit on the Raiders. Do it. Do it, Reggie. Just go crazy. So, At least they'd be entertaining. Reggie Coaster. So Matt Schaub's six, 5.8 <laughs> yards per attempt on play action can start throwing it downfield to Deshaun now? I don't know about that. I, and by the way, I remember when this, when this story popped up. This is one of those that a bunch of Eagles fans are like, oh, why is the media stirring this up? This is not going to happen. This is one of those media-generated stories. Like, when these things happen, they don't just happen by accident. It's because the Eagles want to dump them. I mean, they don't. It just doesn't come out of the things from thin air. Oh, reporters! It's a media-generated story. They'll deny everything on and off the record, but they know what they're doing. Another thing, Eagles fans also said was Jackson's worth at least a first-round draft pick. No, he's not, not with ten million. Yeah, no. he's not with a ten million dollar contract. No, nope. He's not. West, by the way, a guy that comfortable arm around the shoulder. I can in Huckabee is a lot of that, right? Like, uh, we're in the bar together. Great softball game. <laughs> Well, yes, there is a lot of arms around shoulders in Huckapoo. <laughs> There's a lot of everything in Huckapoo. Maybe Mark needs to go there for, you know, shoulder treatment or whatever. You know, just to get shoulder used to, treatment. you know. Again, it was because it felt a little flip. <laughs> it wasn't that, as sincere. It, yes, because many times Man I've embrace. hugged women, men, whatever it may be, in various scenarios. and it's, Why don't you trust me? I've hugged you before. You are my friend. And I hugged you when I, I hugged you after we have we hugged. We ended our moving session with you because you were so pleased with the job that Wes and I had done. <laughs> Wes and Sess movers. He just turned it into a commercial. <laughs> you guys did do a great job. Oh, can you help me out again this weekend? By the way, no problem. Oh, great. You guys are great. I like that. I'm totally out of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, on two levels, moving obviously, but also you definitely don't want to be touched. Not a touch guy, Greg. I, I wouldn't think I was against that. I don't know. No, I'm fine. Really? Oh, interesting. Bit of a prickly Pete. <laughs> <laughs> um, all wasn't, right. Wasn't that a famous racehorse or a famous cartoon racehorse? And, and maybe a long, long time ago. Prickly Pete. It sounds like a Seinfeld Black and white cartoon days. <laughs> I, I think it was like There's a no sound to it. I don't know. There's, there's some famous movie or TV show where Prickly Pete was involved as a racehorse. Is this a silent picture? I don't know. George Costanza's <laughs> coming to my mind or someone, someone of that ilk. Before we bring Lance Briggs in here, uh, one last topic to get to. And running backs don't really seem to get any respect in the NFL anymore. 
uh, whether it's the draft or in free agency. But there are some pretty big names out there. Uh, so what do you guys think about playing some running back roulette? Mm. Mm, I like it. Uh, Dangerous. Gold Standard, can you put in any type of sound effects, maybe like a roulette wheel spinning? You got it. Some chatter. Or maybe like a gun going off. Maybe we veer away from gambling illusions. Backfield Baccarat. <laughs> <laughs> That's good too. Backfield Baccarat. Uh, so I'm going to go around the room, gentlemen. I'm going to throw a name out there, a little background of where he's at right now, the particular player, and see what you guys think about him. We'll start with Maurice Jones Drew, former Jaguar star, 2011 NFL rushing champion. He is. Turning 29 years old on Sunday, he had a visit with the Steelers. Apparently, is looking for three and a half million. I've seen reported uh, on mm. a deal, which might be hard to get. I will start with you, the mad scientist, the mailman, Chris Wessling, MJD. You buying? <laughs> He's on my. He was on my pre-free agency list of p- potential bargains. I like him to have a bounce back year. I don't like the fit with the Steelers for two reasons. Steelers have enough cap problems that they shouldn't be paying $3.5 million for a running back. Second reason, Le'Veon Bell is a three-down back about to hit his prime. They need a backup, and I don't picture Jones Drew as a guy willing to accept that role. Let's throw him in Miami. Split the carries there with one of those younger guys, maybe Lamar Miller. He can help out the young group. He can take third downs and be competent. They, they need some veterans on that offense. I like that as a better fit than the Steelers. If his foot is healthy and he's in shape, I still think that guy could have a year or two left in him. Maybe I'm I crazy. Do too. I don't think that's outrageous. I could hug you right now, Mark. <laughs> right back at you. <laughs> All right, speaking of Mark, my hugging buddy, it's getting weird. Um, no Sean Moreno. weird a while ago. Yeah, very long time ago. <laughs> Uh, no, Sean Moreno. He was he's had a nice season with the Broncos last year. He's turning 27 in July. Reportedly uh, meeting with the Miami Dolphins on Friday. What do you think about this one, Mark? No, Sean Moreno. Well, I think as we just said, the Dolphins are one of the teams that I think is a real candidate to ask to add a some help back there. I think Lamar Miller is definitely still in the plans. Daniel Thomas, uninspiring, sort of a plotter. Never averaged more than, I think, 3.7 yards per carry in his entire career. Moreno's just 26. I think we saw what he could do last year, although those numbers a bit inflated in that offense where you've just got to be paying attention to Peyton Manning all day long. They brought him in. They must, they must like him to some degree. The one thing, though, the Dolphins, to me, with Dennis Hickey, came from the Bucks, and he was part of the front office that fell in love with Doug Martin. And there's a guy like Carlos Hyde sitting out there that has uh, dimensions and play style similar to Martin. There's been some reports that mm. Hickey may uh, the be the hickster, maybe targeting someone to outright replace Thomas and go with a Carlos Hyde. So maybe Moreno's a backup plan. I like Moreno or someone else going to the Dolphins, though. Let's put a let's put a Moreno back in Denver. That's where he belongs. I don't think so. No, I mean, Elway basically said yesterday – we absolutely need to get better in the running game. Isn't that a full-on indictment of Moreno? I thought I read it as an indictment Wasn't he Moreno? an effective role? At the very worst, is, can't he make their team better as a, as a good role player? Uh, this guy yeah. had 1,500 yards from scrimmage. I think the, the difficulty with that situation is how do you bring Noshan Marino back and after 
racking up 1,600 yards, make him your third down back and give the job to Monty Ball. It's better than – Tough league. Who's, who's Monty Ball's backup right now? Ronnie um, Hillman? Yeah, that draft pick went out well. Fumbles McGee. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like that name. Wes, Lamar Miller, we were talking about the Dolphins. I know you were on, on his train for a while last year. Are you out on the that Lamar derailed. Miller train? <laughs> derailed. <laughs> no bounce back I, I season like, in store? I like Lamar Miller, but it's clear that the Dolphins coaching staff does not. All right. <laughs> Moving on. And they see him every day. Yeah, that's fair. Moving on. Uh, this gentleman, LeGarrette Blount. Blunt? Blunt. Blunt. Blunt instrument. Uh, 27 years old. He uh, is set to visit, reportedly, with the Steelers on Sunday. Uh, very strange player to figure out because he was barely. it seemed like he was barely in the league this time last year. And then he became the greatest running back in the history of football for a stretch uh, <laughs> this past winter in December and January, including an insane playoff game where he rushed for four touchdowns and 7,000 yards, something like that. Um <laughs> But he's also LeGarrette Blunt. That I mean, we're talking about the same guy. Greg Rosenthal, you are the resident Patriots fan. I ask you, what are we to make of LeGarrette Blunt? LeGarrette Blunt. LeGarrette Blunt. Pittsburgh makes sense sense for him. I like that as a clear backup hammer. He's just kinda he kinda fits with the whole they want guys at you know at the goal line, tough guys coming in. But I think an even better spot would be the New York Giants. These free agent <laughs> running backs are so cheap right now. You can just sign a bunch of them. Hey, newsflash, Rashad Jennings and Peyton Hillis is a terrible backfield. <laughs> Add another guy. <laughs> Let's do it. That Why makes not? a lot it's, of sense. It's not, it's not going to cost you much. It'll cost you a million dollars. Bring it, bring that, in Blunt, see what happens. If, Park- this, if this was 1972, LeGarrette Blunt would have $5 million already <laughs> yes, in his pocket. <laughs> yes, he would. It, I like Blunt to the Giants. That harkens back to my youth where all the dirtbags in my school were wearing Rodney Hampton jerseys. I feel like he is in, built in that mold. I think he might even have the same number. I thought number. you were going to go Ron Dane. Ron Dane. Well, no. He's better than Ron Dane, I think, potentially. Jared Bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Jarris Bunch? Jared. Jared Bunch. Why is that not uh, ringing a bell? I think he played for Michigan. A big power guy, right? Yeah. Big West, shoulder pad. West brings the podcast dude. to a screeching halt. <laughs> Pre-Chris Perry <laughs> Michigan. college in this room. No, he played for the Giants. Oh, okay. See, I don't even remember that. But Rodney Hampton was a guy that he was a, the prototypical uh, early 90s Giants player. Uh, Blunt kind of reminds me exactly of that guy. exactly 1,000 yards Tim every Biaka year. Patuka. <laughs> I think that? Blunt is going Michigan. back to New England. They're letting him test yeah. the market the same way they did with Edelman, and he fits best in New England, and he knows that he's going back to the Patriots. Well, maybe the Giants should listen up and take this Patriots approach. If you don't have some you know, great LaShawn McCoy type player, just have four guys. Use them all. Right. You'll use them. Blunt it's- makes sense as a guy you don't use all year because right. when the weather's nice, you're passing all the time. Right. But once the weather gets nasty, then you saddle him up for 30 carries when your defense is falling apart. Legs. There you go. Your wide receivers are out. Your tight ends are gone. Saddle up LeGarrette Blunt. Fresh legs. 200 yards. There's a lot of good TDs. pun opportunities. Headline <laughs> opportunities for the writers. A lot of winners. GM should listen to us more, I find. <laughs> if they just listened to the podcast and took notes. That's a good... Gold Center, can you start transcribing entire podcasts and then sending it to the 32 teams? I'm already doing that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just not reading my emails. I know, I should Some of the more. GMs entering into tailspin mode probably have been listening to us. <laughs> uh, all right, last one before we get to Lance Briggs, and I'll kind of throw this one to the floor. Chris Johnson, Tennessee Titans running back, former 2,000-yard rusher, turning... People kind of forget he's starting to get older now. He's turning 29 in September 
Um, there was a report out there that there was, quote, real interest from multiple teams in a trade, but we haven't really gotten any evidence that that's actually true. Chris Johnson, you guys buying or selling? Wesleyan absolutely <laughs> Why did you ended the this. game on us. What? Yeah, now we're game It's all ridiculous. Who cares? <laughs> Wesleyan absolutely ended this argument because CJ 1.1K bang followed Jerry Jones on Twitter. It's all over. Ooh. Gold Standard missed a perfect opportunity for a Bunsen burner blowtorch there. Do you want to do a delayed one? Yeah, just Why not? yeah, just throw it in there. Give us like three in a row. Because Sessler just lit the man on fire. <laughs> Wes. Well, I, did, I didn't know that I was going to sell Mark so hard on my tenuous Twitter connection between Chris Johnson and Jerry Jones. <laughs> That's pretty strong. I like that. It did seem like uh, more than a coincidence that right as he hits free agency, or right when free agency starts and talk of him being released or traded, he starts following Jerry Jones. I could, I could really see Chris Johnson being a deeply disappointing player for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Doesn't he seem that. like a cowboy? Yes. By the way, a week ago, Dexter McCluster followed the Cleveland Browns on Twitter, then unfollowed them and signed with the Titans. So, you know, <laughs> these guys are throwing some they're throwing some curveballs and some strangeness just, into the universe. Gold Sanders <laughs> lost his confidence now. He's like, anytime Cecily talks, I'll just do it. <laughs> Greg, your thoughts? Uh, you know, if we're not going to throw him to the Cowboys, how about another you know, malcontent, miscreant, over to the Raiders. Reggie McKenzie, just the aisle of misfit <laughs> toys, like John Gruden used to do in Tampa. Every guy that no one wants, bring him to Oakland. I like that. Good good call. All right, up next, we are going to bring in Lance Briggs. Wes has to go to the dentist. I don't know. Where are you going right now? Yeah, Dr. Pivo. Dr. Pivo. Um, Pivo's got to give me some discounts, by the he way. Is... The entire newsroom, or at least the entire ATL crew, I've sent to that man. Everybody's using to... your barber, too. Yeah. Camille, I don't steer people wrong. Dr. Pivo, Culver City, my wife. I'm about to use your sports orthopedist, too. That's a good man, too. See, it's all. You guys have a sports orthopedist? Of course we do. To get my NFL writers, Greg. What sports sports are you playing? I hurt my shoulder playing softball. I have a torn rotator. That's true. Softball doesn't count. Anyways. Oh, that's terrible. (laughs) I think I'm going to give you a hug for that, Chris. All right, Chris has got to go. All right, very special guest now on the Around the League podcast. He is a seven-time Pro Bowl linebacker for the Chicago Bears. Seven times, yes, Greg. Entering his 12th season in the league, he is one of the great players in the league on defense. He is Lance Briggs. Welcome to the ATL podcast, Lance. It's good to be here. You were saying you're out here in Los Angeles interviewing. What what do you mean by that? I'm interviewing for a job, man, you know? Uh, But you have a job. I do. I do. It's temporary, though. (laughs) Temporary. <laughs> you know the NFL means not for long. Well, you said you were on NFL AM um, this morning, and mm-hmm. you actually said, this is your quote, at this point I'm losing a brother every year, one or two mm-hmm. brothers every year, um, but that's just where it is. So I guess yeah. you're, you're almost, are you staring down your NFL mortality entering your 12th season and you're looking forward? Is that where we're at? Well, you know, that's, that's how the timeline kind of goes. You yeah, know? right. You know, I, I come into the league and this is, is guys just running all over the place, just hitting everything, you know. Then you get to the point where this guy's at the top of his game and then it's his guy's moving fast for his age. Mm. So you're looking for – when you say interview, though, you're talking television because you're dressed for television, not a podcast. What do you think about hosting a podcast? Maybe the Briggs podcast. Briggs cast. That could work. That could work. A little of both. Multi, multi, multi-platform. Could work. I like that. Is this what is required? 
to dress? This is about it. This about it. Lance, I can rock with that. (laughs) Yeah, the streak continues. Every guest we've ever had on the podcast outdresses us by about 412%. You've done it in Mm. a nice brown suit, brown tie, nice design there, white shirt. Oh, yeah. All class. A lot of bears have been coming through NFL Network, I've noticed lately. Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey, Devin Devin Hester, your your ex-teammate. Well, you know, it, um, for a lot of the guys in Chicago, if they're out there, um, can't think of any better weather. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, speaking of Brandon Marshall, when he was in here a couple of months ago, uh, we were talking about his season. He, he was happy with how his season went, but he also was a little banged up, and he was all about getting um, ready at a level where he would have his best season ever. He said he wanted to have the thriller of NFL seasons in reference to the great Michael Jackson Album from 1983. I ask you, Lance Briggs, <laughs> if you were to have a great season next year, what album would it be? If I wanted to have a great season, yeah, how would you describe? Yeah, he it? was saying if his season next season was was an album, it would be Thriller. It would just be a game changer. Seventy five million albums <sighs> sold. Uh, you know, conquers the world. No, ah, uh, shoot, you guys, I don't know. That's yeah. such a hard question to put. Somebody it is on the spot right, all right, right, without <laughs> even hearing anything about it going into it. Um, <laughs> Mine would be the uh, a Phil Collins solo album. No, Phil Collins. No, I'm just joking. What about Very what about disturbing. you? <laughs> You're right. It is tough right off the top. Um, maybe like a early career Tribe Called Quest album. How about that? Wow. You know, people like it. It's not gonna blow the world on fire, mm-hmm. but uh, it's a crowd pleaser. Good reviews. I'd go Act Tongue Baby by you too, where you kind of revolutionize <laughs> yourself. You you change the game up. People look at you one way. You come out and you look totally mm. different. Lance Briggs could do that. Twelve years in, maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Let's like change the topic. Clown. Dan, I see you more as an Enya oh, vehicle. Uh, another Irish person. Let's say let's shift away from the album thing for a minute here. Let let's put uh you and all your Chicago Bears teammates into a harsh wilderness environment. And it is a Hunger Games type scenario. You're yeah. unleashed for months and months, one winner take all. Which one on your roster wins that battle? Myself. Whoa. Okay. That did not no hesitation. There that came quick. Now what right, let's say you what are were your attributes that could really Why would you win? I'm a survivalist. I'm going to survive no I matter like what. That. Let, who would come in second? Who um, would he slay to win well, the game you're saying? Basically? Well, here's the here's the way this is going to work though. You know, I'm kind of like uh was it Katniss? Yeah. Yes. Katniss <laughs> right. Everdeen. I'm kind of like that, you know, where where I want to survive, but I don't want to be the only person that survives. Mm. You know, like we're, you know, we're, I mean, we're going to build alliances, and and at the very end, you know, they're going to have to make a decision on having to kill us rather than us have to kill each other. I like that. Now, let's say you were to look around the room at Greg and Dan and myself. <laughs> you guys would, are going to be the first to well, die. Well, let's say in the <laughs> let's say the three of us were thrown I mean, into the same scenario. Who would you pick to win that kind oh, of? Oh, just us three. Yeah. And and all they put in there was like a, a, a number two pencil. Yes. In between you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know that's a flip of the coin. That's a flip of the coin because you know where I think that you're gonna have the the brawn. Damn. You're gonna Dan be Dan faster. Mm. You know, and and you never know if we're if we're talking about a wilderness area. Right. You you're gonna have to be quick on your feet. There's a lot more than just brawn involved. It's it could True. be weeks and months True. of right. endurance. True. And what if they what if they don't bring food for a long time? There you mm. go. You know that could that could come into play. You I'm know? taking the number two pencil as the <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow. Hey, I just was curious, Lance. You you played with a double harness at the end of last season. Yeah. Uh, on your on your left shoulder. 
Um, you're going to go with a single harness. What is the difference? And is that something – is your shoulder – is it at a state now where it's just not going to ever be fully healthy? You need that kind of support? How how good do you feel physically right now? No, I mean, I was coming off of, off of an injury where my, uh, you know, ligament-wise, if, if um, any time of those last two games, if I would have – fallen the wrong way or got hit the wrong way you know I could have set myself back you know over a year wow so um it was important for me to protect that as much as possible for those two games and if I needed to wear two harnesses then that's what I needed to do you know and uh and I wanted little or no movement from my arm at all is that one of those things if you're making a tackle that every time you're making a tackle it's painful uh no it worked out fine because of the restriction the way I was restricted, you know, I could only tackle a certain way. You know, I was kind of like this. And I had to reach out, bam, use my right arm. But uh, now, you know, I'm I'm at the point now where I'm just trying to get strength back, you know, and trying to get confidence back in my uh, my shoulder. Thro- throwing out the shoulder, just assuming you're fully healthy and you're at the peak of your career. Anytime, who is the guy that you hated to tackle the most? Is there a guy out there that's the toughest to tackle, bring down? Uh... There's nobody that I hate to tackle. I love right. it when I tackle somebody. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, because it means the play is over. But, uh, you know, Percy Harvin was Ooh. one of the guys that was a, she's a real pain but to prepare for because they can line up in the backfield and run the ball better than most tailbacks can run the ball. You know, you put him in the slot and he's going he's gonna to burn you that way. Put him out wide and he's going to burn you that way. Um, or he can get you on a reverse. He was just a dynamic player, or he is a dynamic player, and uh, – and I'm glad he's not in our division anymore. Is there are there one of those guys that you just love to tackle that you looked forward when he was on the schedule, whether it's a quarterback or running back, anyone? You just oh, I can't wait to hit him. Well, I mean, I, I love hitting everybody, but you know, some guys you don't get your hands on, you know, as often as others. So, a guy like Aaron Rodgers, when you mm-hmm. do get a sack yep. on him or anything like that, that's big. And and though when when guys take the action photos of that, those are the ones that are going <laughs> yeah. in the in the basement. <laughs> yeah, you know. Is there a, you know, with with your career at the stage where you're looking towards the future and stuff, if you had a chance to play with anyone in the league today that hasn't been a Bear during your tenure there, someone you'd Mm. love to be a teammate with? Uh, There's so many. Um, I mean, I wouldn't. I'd I'd love to be in the meeting room or – Excuse me, in a team meeting or a locker room, and and uh, you know, pick some of these guys' uh, brains, like Aaron Rodgers or right. or uh, uh, Tom Brady or 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 uh, or Peyton, you know, or um, you know, you, you can pick any Demarcus Ware, you know, Jared Allen, you know, all these guys, defensive guys and stuff like that. I love to to uh, go out. You know, um, shoot, what was the um, uh, um, Brian Dawkins? You know, oh, I yeah, got a yeah, chance yeah. to play in some uh, Pro Bowls with him and just being in the huddle with him, you know, and I could feel his intensity. This guy is a real leader, you know. I would have loved to play with him, yeah. you mm-hmm. know. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot of guys back in the day. I would love to play with um, uh, um, Derek Brooks, oh, yeah. you know, oh, if sure, I could. Yeah. Derek Brooks, Ray Lewis, you know, there's a lot of guys, a number of guys, you know. Hmm. You just brought up uh, one Hall of Famer and one future Hall of Famer before you go. Do you see yourself as a future Hall of Famer? Do you Ooh. think you've put up that type of production? You know, I don't know. I know, I know, I'm a, I'm a Hall of Famer in my mom's heart, in my mom's <laughs> mind. Mine too. My so, mom. in the in the person that it matters the most, absolutely. I think Bears fans would put you there. I mean, how many guys have that kind of 
longevity. I know Brian Erlacher, of course, did alongside with you for so mm-hmm. long, but it's pretty rare to see someone with the same team for that long. And now do you feel kind of you're the standard bearer of this Bears defense? You're coming off, mm-hmm. coming off a, a not as good a year as you guys are used to Terrible a, year. as a defense. Thank you. All right, you said Terrible it. Terrible year defensively. Right. Uh, do you feel kind of you're the guy now that, you know, you and Charles Tillman, that you're the guys that stand for the Bears defense? Uh, I mean, we, you know, I, I think we're we're definitely two of the guys that that uh, that epitomize, you know, what um, what what you expect out of you know the Bears defense. But I think we all represent it, you know, whether it's good or bad. We all represent it, and and that's got to be our focus to get it back to what it's supposed to be, you know, in this uh, 2014 season. Lance Briggs, uh, thank you very much for stopping by the around the league uh podcast studio yeah we hope maybe one day you're a colleague of ours but hopefully not too soon right and uh congratulations on your hypothetical hunger games championship i uh, appreciate it man <laughs> it Thanks, lance. lance briggs all right that does it for another edition of the around the league podcast uh we will be back on monday mark sessler and greg rosenthal will be in orlando for the owners meetings Ooh, la la to quote damashek uh, so we will touch base with you guys on that. Uh, we'll also uh, play Win West's Toaster at the end of the week. So get excited. A lot of pressure on the gold standard not to let us down. Uh, but until Monday, this is Dan Hansen signing off for the mailman, the sizzler, the boss, and the gold standard behind the glass. Until then. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.